today we're, we are finishing up with our Easter message. And um, how many of you guys like love Easter? That's, you love Easter, you love candy, you love all that stuff, the bunny, that kind of stuff. Some of you guys don't care as much. How many of you don't um, like chocolate bunnies? You don't like them? Yeah, I'm with you. I never need them. It's too much chocolate. Give me sweet tarts. Give me um, sour, sour, uh, what I, trolls. Give me some of those things all day. I don't need, I don't need bunnies. Um, we do Easter egg hunts. Um, we actually just did one this past Friday with downtown Sykesville, which was a lot of fun. If you saw pictures of that, um, I was in the squirrel costume because no one else was willing to do it, and I couldn't get anyone else to do it. Um, and it was hot and stinky in that costume. But, and we were only in that costume for about an hour, so it, was, it wasn't long at all. Um, but it was a lot of fun, and um, we, we've done Easter egg hunts when I was a kid. I don't know how many guys still do Easter egg hunts. Um, we actually did them until we were adults because my uncle would hide, like, cash money for Easter, and I don't care how old you get, I will look for cash money, okay? I'll be 60 years old. I'll be looking for some cash. It doesn't matter to me. Um, but I, I love Easter, but preparing for today, I know that we have... A lot of different people here today. I know that there's some people that are here that you are owners of Impact Church. This is your, your home church. So this, you know kind of the drill here, here with, uh, with what we're doing. Some of you, you were invited by a friend and, and they convinced you to come. And maybe they promised you lunch afterwards and we're so glad you were here. Some of you, you saw a sign or maybe you're at the Easter egg hunt or you saw our Facebook video and you decide, I'm gonna check this church out. But I also know that there are some of you that are here today that don't really wanna be here. You were dragged here. And I get it. I was a youth pastor for many years, okay? So as a youth pastor, um, students, when they would be in plays, I would go watch their play. And I would have to go to plays where my student had one line. I have to sit through a three-hour-long play for him to get his one line in. And I go, hey, that was great, that one line that anyone could have done. Like, I know that. So I know there's some of you here that you don't really want to be here. Here's the good news for you. We will be out of here by 1130 no matter what, okay? And we're going to do what we can to, to make sure that you have a great Easter. But um, for anyone that's here, my hope today is if you're here and you don't really want to be here, my hope is that you leave and you at least think, hey, that wasn't a, waste, a complete waste of my time. But if you're here, and I believe there's a lot of people that are here this way, that you're looking for something. You're looking for some kind of hope. You're looking for something in your life. You're looking for some kind of purpose. So that's why you decided, you know what, it's Easter. I'm going to try this out and I'm going to go. So no matter what you're looking for, my prayer is that uh, God speaks to you wherever you are. I'm going to do the best I can to speak to the entire audience, but there's a lot of different people here. So I'm going to do my best. But we're going to be talking today from John, uh, the book of John, John chapter 11. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to John chapter 11. We'll be talking from John chapter 11, starting at verse 1. Again, we've been talking about some of these I am statements. And today, when we read the story, we're going to find three characters in this story that I think fits a lot of us. Three characters that have different struggles in this story that I think a lot of us in this room have the same struggles. So John chapter 11, verse 1. If you have your Bibles, your Bible apps, will also be up on the screen as well. Starting at verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister, Martha. Skip down to verse 3. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Notice that, um, that they don't say, hey, Lazarus is sick. They say, the one you love is sick, because that's all they needed to say. Saying the one you love is sick, they know, Jesus knows who they're talking about. Oh, that's Lazarus, because Jesus has a relationship with Lazarus. Jesus loves Lazarus. So when he hears the one he loves is sick, he knows exactly who they're talking about. Verse 4. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. 
says this sickness will not end in death, that God will be glorified through this sickness, that this is not going to end in death. That's a great message to send back. So you would think that with Jesus sending this message back that he would start getting his things together and he would start moving to go see Lazarus because where he is right now, he's by the Jordan River, which is 18 miles away from Judea where Lazarus is. So that is at least a day walk. That is a long journey. So if he's really sick and he says he's not going to end in death, you would think that he would get moving. You would think he would get his stuff together and start moving. But here's what Jesus does in verse 6. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Hey, this sickness will not end in death. And then he hangs out for two days? Like, shouldn't, shouldn't you get moving? Because this person that you love is sick. You have a long journey ahead of you, and you just decide to stay there for two more days? I mean, Mary and Martha, they believed in Jesus so much, they sent word to him because they believed that if Jesus found out and Jesus showed up, that he would heal Lazarus. They had strong belief. I can only imagine the messenger gets back. The messenger gets back and Mary and Martha go, hey, so did you give the message? Yeah, I, I told him. Okay, what did he say? He said that it's not going to end in death. The sickness will not end in death. That God will be glorified through this. Okay, then where is he? He, he, like, he went to go get food. He like went to the mall. I don't know. He was hanging out. He stayed for two more days. Then in verse 7, then he said to the disciples, let us go back to Judea. So two days go by. He's like, all right, let's get moving. Let's go back to Judea. Now the disciples know what happened in Judea. The disciples don't really want to go back because the last time they were all in Judea, um, they, they tried to kill Jesus. They tried to, the people in Judea tried to stone Jesus and kill him. So the disciples are like, hey, do you remember what happened last time we were in Judea? Are you, you sure you want to go back? Because last time we were there, it didn't go so great. Are you sure you want to do this? And listen to how Jesus responds. Skip it down to verse 11. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. Jesus, a lot of times, would tell stories or metaphors, and here he's given another one, and he's kind of, he's kind of giving a little, little hint of what's going to happen next. So the disciples, they're really right on top of this. Here's what they respond with that. The disciples say, Lord, if he's asleep, he'll get better. Like, we don't, have, we don't have to go. I mean, he's just sleeping. Everything will be fine. So Jesus speaks plainly. He's like, all right, here's, I'll, I'll just let you know what's happening in verse 14. So he says plainly, Lazarus is dead. Like, wow, Jesus. Okay, calm down. And, and for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. And here, right after this, enters the first character in our story that I think a lot of us can connect to that a lot of us can connect to. Because some of us, we're here, and we have different struggles, and some of us, we're struggling with one of these three things. The first one that some of us are struggling with, we're struggling with doubts. We're struggling with our doubt. We just doubt. We don't know if we buy all this stuff. We have a lot of doubt. See, I'm, um, I'm, opti- I'm an optimist and a pessimist at the same time. I don't know if some of you guys are. There are certain things that I am an optimist about, and there are certain things I'm a pessimist about. And there are certain things that I have doubts about. Let me give you some of those things. I'm a big Orioles fan. I doubt that I will ever see an Orioles World Series. I don't think I will. I think I'm going to die, and I will, I will die without seeing one. My dad saw one. He said it was great. I don't know. I have never seen one, and I don't think I ever will. I have doubts about that. I have doubts that, that myself or anyone I know will win a major lottery. I doubt that. And here's the one thing I will say for some of you owners at Impact. When, when the Mega Millions gets to like 200 million, 300 million, a lot of you will say, hey, just so you know, if I win the Mega Millions, I'm going to give the church a, a million dollars. And to you, I say, that's it? You won 200 million. You can't even tithe on it? You have to give me only a million? Don't be cheap, okay? 
I'm going to call you if you win the Mega Millions, but I doubt I will ever know anyone. I doubt that I will ever know anyone that will, that will win that. I doubt that you've seen a better looking pastor than you do right now. I just doubt that. <laughs> I'm kidding. For those of you who don't know me, I, I'm just kidding, kind of. I was kidding. So, but some of you, you have doubts. You, you are struggling with some of this stuff, and you hear some of these things, and, you're hearing, and you know the Easter story, you know what we're celebrating, but you have doubts about it. You have struggles. You are doubting with this. In verse 16, we see a character that struggles with doubts too. Verse 16, then Thomas, called Didymus, said to the rest of his disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. You can just hear the sarcasm, can't you? All right, let's go die with him then because that's where we're going to go. Thomas always struggled with his doubts. He had a lot of doubts. In fact, after Jesus dies and comes back to life, Thomas didn't believe it. That was his nickname. Some of you know that nickname, the Doubting Thomas. He, did, he was like, until I see that Jesus, until I actually put my fingers into his wounds, until I do that, I'm not going to believe it. I don't believe it's going to happen. Thomas needed a direct personal experience before he would believe. That's what he needed. And some of you in this room, you're struggling with doubts. And you need that. You're like, I need a direct personal experience in order for me to believe any of this stuff. You're struggling with doubts. Number two, some of us, were struggling with the delay. We hate delays, don't we? We hate delays. My wife and I, um, my wife and I, we got into a couple little fights at the beginning of our marriage because I like to be really early to things, and she didn't care about being on time to things, let alone early. So I, we'd have to fight on that. And there were times where, and I will say she was gracious with me on this, when it comes to the movies, it's not as much now. This is back eight years ago when we first got married. Um, Back in the day, when you went to the movies, you actually had to get there early to get a seat. Now we have a signed seat, which is the best thing ever. Uh, but you had to get there early to get a seat. If we were not there a half hour before the movie started, I thought we were late. I wanted to be there extra early. I wanted to get any seat I wanted. And then I wanted plenty of time to get my popcorn and all that stuff. Erica was like, why do we have to get here before anyone else? They're not even showing the intro things. But I hate to be delayed. And we, a lot of us, hate to be delayed. We hate the delay. And here's our next character in the story who also is upset about the delay. Verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Remember that. Four days he's been in the tomb. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary, Mary stayed at home. Mary, she didn't come. Now, this isn't Mary as in Jesus' mom, Mary. This is a different Mary. This is Mary Magdalene. And Mary said, I'm not coming out. No, he, we sent word days ago, and he stayed. I'm not coming. Jesus was delayed. See, back then in their culture, they believed that a spirit would hover around the body for three days. That's what um, they, they believed. So at four days, which he was four days late, it's over. There's no chance of, Jesus, of him coming back. There's no chance of it. So four days late, Mary goes, I'm not, I'm not coming out. And Mary had a strong faith. In fact, there's a story where Mary and Martha are hanging out and Jesus comes over and Martha's getting the dinner ready and Mary takes her prized perfume and pours it on Jesus' feet and washes Jesus' feet with her hair. That's how much faith Mary had. Mary had so much faith that he, she sent word to Jesus days ago for him to come, but he was late. There was a delay. So she was staying in. She was struggling with her delay. Some of you, you're struggling with the delay. You've been praying to God for something that he hasn't answered you yet. 
Maybe you've been praying for that spouse. You've been looking for that spouse. Everyone else around you is getting married, and you desperately want a spouse. And you keep praying and praying, and everyone around you keeps getting married, but yet you're single, and you don't know what to do. Maybe you've been praying for kids. And years and years of praying, you've been praying for kids, and all your friends are having two, three, four kids. They're complaining about their kids. You just desperately want one, and you're struggling with the delay. Maybe for some of you, you're struggling with a family member that you've just been praying that he will come back or she will come back into the right path, that they've gone down a direction that you don't want them to, and you've done everything you can for them, and you just keep praying and praying and praying. There's a delay. Like, God, where are you? Maybe you've been praying for that promotion at work or that new job, and you've just been struggling at the job you are, you are at right now. You've been praying over and over and over, God, where are you? But there's a delay. Some of us in this room, we're struggling with the delay. The number three, some of us, we're struggling with discouragement. We're just so discouraged. And it's hard to, to come here on Easter because you're so discouraged in life. So here in the story, Jesus comes. He's four days late. Mary stays inside, but Martha comes out, and here's what Martha says in verse 21. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, where were you? We sent word for you four days ago. Where were you? If you were here, I believe that you would have healed him, but you're too late. Where were you? You ever feel that way? God, where are you? I prayed for healing. I prayed for my loved one to be healed. I prayed over and over and over, yet my loved one still passed away. Where are you? are you? Where are you? I've been praying for my child to come back. They've been, they're, they're down a path that you, I never wanted to go down, and they are, they are stuck in some kind of an addiction. I've been praying over and over, yet it gets worse and worse and worse. Where are you? God, I'm struggling with anxiety, and I keep praying for you to help me, but yet everything I try gets worse and worse and worse. Where are you? Where were you? Martha says, where were you? But yet she holds on to the little bit of faith that she still has left, in verse 22, it says, but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. I know that even now, some of us, that's what we need, an even now moment where we say, you know what, I'm pouring this out to you and I'm, I'm upset and I'm struggling with all this stuff, but I know that even now, you can do something about this and you hold on to that little bit of faith you have in the midst of all your discouragement. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I know. I'm going to see him again one day. I know. I get it. I know. He's, he's in a better place. I get it, Jesus. I get it. But Jesus corrects her. He says, no, no, no. You don't understand. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. There's our I am statement. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this. So, no, no, no. You don't understand. Not someday. You're looking at the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? This is a crucial question. Do you believe this? Tano, and the story ends in verse 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been in there for four days. See how he, she reminds him of that? Hey, remember, I sent, I sent word to you four days ago. He's been in there for four days. It probably really smells in there because you weren't here in time 
to, in order to do something about this. I don't want to move the tomb away. Four days, verse 40. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they take away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. See, when the resurrection is around, dead things don't stay dead. When the resurrection is around, dead things don't stay that way. Some of you, you are struggling with your delay. You're struggling with your doubts. You're struggling with your discouragement. What you need to know is that he is the resurrection and the life. And the resurrection brings back things that are dead and makes them alive again. The resurrection takes old things and makes them new again. And the resurrection takes what is broken and fixes it. He is the resurrection and the life. This I am statement eight chapters later becomes crystal clear. Because eight chapters from now, Jesus goes and he is found guilty of a crime he did not commit. He's found guilty and he's taken and he's beaten, he's spit on, he's humiliated, he's given this cross that is meant for, to kill the worst thieves possible. He has to drag this cross up on a hill and on that cross, he is nailed. And on that cross, he dies. And he takes our sins, your sins and my sins, and he puts that weight on his shoulder. And when he dies, he dies for what we should have done. His death was our death. That was supposed to be for us, but he took it up on a cross. And then three days later, he proved that he is the resurrection and he is the life by coming back to life because dead things don't stay dead when Jesus is around. He is the resurrection and the life. Because of that, the resurrection proves that you have hope. The resurrection proves that you have hope in life because he is the resurrection and the life. So I don't know what you're struggling with today. Maybe you, you just have so many doubts about all this stuff and you're struggling with it. You don't know what to do with those doubts. Maybe you're just so discouraged with your current life circumstances. Maybe you've been praying for God to do something and he keeps delaying it. You're like, where are you, God? I don't know what it is. But no matter where you are, I get it. Because I've struggled with all those things. In fact, um, when, when I was in high school, I grew up in a Christian home. And around high school time is when I really started to try to think about my faith, high school and college time. And I was really starting to just th- look at my faith and look at what I believed. And I came to the conclusion that I only believed what I believed because my parents believed it. That if they didn't believe it, I, I wouldn't believe it. If they were... If they were atheists, I'd be an atheist. If they were Muslim, I'd be Muslim. It's, it was based solely on them. And I thought, that's a really dumb reason to believe something. Like, what if they're wrong? Now I'm stuck in this forever. So I started struggling, and I started having major doubts. I doubted whether there was a God. I doubted whether there was a, if there is a God, if Jesus actually came and died and came back to life. I str- I'd struggled and doubted with all this stuff. And over time, I kept searching for answers, searching for answers. And I haven't stopped. I haven't stopped searching. For some of you, if you're struggling with that, don't feel bad about it. You're in the perfect place to struggle with those things. The resurrection gives you hope. But the main question that we have to ask, and the question we're going to close with, is the same question Jesus asked. Do you believe? That's really the question. 
Do you believe? Do you believe that he actually is the resurrection? Do you believe that he actually came back to life three days later? I don't mean just because you're here and it's a tradition and you just whatever. I mean, do you actually believe that in history, Jesus died and three days later he came back to life? Because if you don't, this is a waste of time. If Jesus did not come back to life, we're all wasting our time. Because he wasn't anything special. He was a good prophet. Do you believe that he is the resurrection and the life? I do. I believe he actually came back. And I don't know, I know we have so many questions on this, and I'm going to tell you why I believe it, and I'm hoping that this might help some of you, but I'll tell you why I believe it, and then, and then we're, the worship team's going to play a closing song, and we'll let you guys out of here. But here's why I believe that Jesus actually died and actually rose again. Um, in the, the Bible, we look at the Bible as one big book, but it's actually a, a bunch of small books that are written by real people that really lived back then. Um, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are the books that talk about Jesus' life. They were written by people that hung around with Jesus. They were written by people that spent time with Jesus all the time. And the way that historical manuscripts are used and historical documents to determine whether they are valid or not, the, weather, the way they are determined is by how long after the time period it was written and how many copies there are of it. Because the more copies, the better. Because there are more copies, it means that there was more validity to it and people copied it. Um, the, the, the more amount of time that is written after a time, time period, the worse. You want it to be as close as possible to the actual events. Because people actually witnessed it and wrote it, wrote it down. So the Bible is made up of a bunch of historical manuscripts that people wrote about what they witnessed. The earliest manuscripts, the earliest manuscripts that talk about the resurrection of Jesus were written months after it happened. Months months after it happened. In fact, there were lists of people, lists of people that had seen Jesus. It was written months after. So back then, if you looked at that list, you could have just gone and asked them, like, hey, I'm going to go, hey, did, did, it, did you actually see that? Because there were lists of people that said, this person saw it, this person saw it, this person actually saw it. The crucifixion, Jesus died on a cross. Almost every historical scholar believes that Jesus actually died on a cross. Almost every single one of them does. There's some that don't, but majority of people believe he actually did that he went up on a cross and he died. And the way that the crucifixion worked, the way that uh, dying on a cross worked, um, you would drown to death. You actually wouldn't die from just all, all the beatings. You would drown. You would be up on a cross and you have to lift yourself up in order to breathe. Um, but it was so painful to do that. It was a torture device is what it was. And eventually, if they got tired of waiting for you to drown to death, because sometimes it would take days, they would just break your legs so that way you can't lift yourself up and you eventually drown and die. And they would determine if you were actually dead by poking you with a spear and if just water just gushed out of your lungs, that means, yeah, he died, he drowned to death. They did that to Jesus, and then after, um, according to all historical accounts, after Jesus died, they were going to throw him in the, the pile of bodies that you do with, with thieves. There's a pile of bodies. You don't give them a burial. You just throw them in this pile. And they were about to do that with Jesus, and this guy named Joseph, not um, Jesus' stepdad Joseph, another Jewish, uh, rich Jewish person named Joseph, he says, hey, can I have the body, and I'm going to bury it in this tomb. I say, okay. And this is crucial. Because think about it. If you just throw Jesus into this pile of bodies, at night somebody could have came and took the body and hid it and said, look, he can't, he's not here. He came back to life. But that's not what happened. Joseph took Jesus, wrapped him up, put spice all over him, because that's what you do when people die, because everyone believed that he died, put him in a tomb, rolled this big stone over that you can't get off, and then marked it. So everyone knew Jesus is in there, and he's dead in there. Everyone knew. Then three days later, According to historical manuscripts, according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, who all witnessed it, were all there and all saw it, and all saw Jesus come back to life. They all believe that he actually died, and they all believe he actually came back to life. 
And anyways, if you were making this stuff up, you wouldn't do it the way they made it up. First off, the first people that saw Jesus after he was born again, after he, was, he came back to life, were two women. Like, you, you wouldn't do that. If you're trying to get one over on everybody, you wouldn't have two women find him back then because women had no word in court. Why would you have women find him? And then they all wrote that they weren't even there. They believed he was dead. They were trying to figure out their next plan of what they're going to do now because the person they've been following for so long, that person is dead. They, were, they weren't waiting for him. And Jesus said he was going to come back to life three days later. He didn't say, I'm eventually going to come back because that could still be now. He didn't say, I'm going to spiritually come back. He said, I'm going to be back in three days. You can disprove that in three days. If you're trying to make something up, you don't say that. You say, I'm eventually going to come back one day. That's what you say. This movement called the way at the time, if Jesus did not come back to life, it would have been done the second he died. We would not be here. We would not be talking about it. The second that he died, this movement is over because Jesus was just a prophet that had some cool lines that he said, had some great stories, but ultimately was not who he said he was. He was not the resurrection of life because he actually died. But because he came back to life three days later, because many people said, I saw it, because this movement started, these disciples who saw Jesus come back to life ended up dying a, a terrible death because of their faith because they believed that Jesus actually died and actually came back to life. And this movement lasted through the persecution of Nero, the persecution of Rome, it lasted through the failures of the church, of the Catholic church, and of the rest of us. We really tried to mess it up. It lasted all the way. You know why? When someone dies, says, I'm going to come back to life in three days, and he comes back to life in three days, people will die for that faith. That's a movement. We are here because the resurrection happened. Do you believe that? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Do you believe? I have great news for you. If you believe that, the implications to that is astounding. The implications of the fact that Jesus died and came back to life means that there is a God that created you. There's a God who loves you. There is a God who sent his son to die for you. That's what that means. That there is a God that said, I love you so much. I'm not going to make you earn your way to me. I'm going to send my son and he's going to be the ultimate, ultimate sacrifice for you. If he hasn't come back to life, our debt is not paid. But our check was cashed because he came back to life. Do you believe he is the resurrection and the life? Can we pray? Dear God, thank you for the hope that you give us on this day, on resurrection day. God, we didn't deserve any of this. We don't deserve your love. We don't deserve for you to send your son to us. But yet you love us and care about each one of us so much. And no matter who we are, no matter where we've been, you sent your son for us. And three days later, there was proof that our sin is taken care of. That we don't have to earn our favor with you. All we have to do is say, yes, I believe. He is the resurrection, the life. That I believe that he came, he died for me, for my sins. He came back to life three days later. 
that all we have to do is believe it. We can spend eternity with you. I know that there are people here that you have some of the struggles we've been talking about. And we asked that question, do you believe this? You said in your mind, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think there's no better day than today on Easter for you to say, I believe. I believe Ashley came back to life. And I don't know what that means for the rest of my life. I don't know what that means for my journey. I still have my doubts. I still have my delays. I still have my discouragement. But I believe that he saved me. That his death is enough to cover me. So I want to ask in a simple sign of faith that if you're here today and you want to say publicly that yes, I believe this. I just want to ask you to slip up a hand. That's all I'm going to ask. Slip a hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see those hands. God, I pray for the people that lifted up their hands. I pray that wherever they are in their journey, wherever they are in their life, that you just speak to them. Some of the people that raise their hands, they, they maybe have raised their hands before. Some of them have never done that. Whether it's your first time or, or, or your 20th time, I just pray that you just pour out your love and your grace to all these people that raise their hand. Give them the courage to keep moving forward, to say, yes, I believe this. Even now, in spite of my delay, in spite of my, of my doubts, in spite of all of my life circumstances, my discouragement, even now, I believe that you are the resurrection and the life. Thank you for the hope that we have in you. We praise you give you this Easter Sunday. Thank you for dying for us. In your son's name, amen. Before we sing this closing song, I want to encourage you, if that was you, lift up a hand and said, yeah, that's me. I want you to tell somebody. Tell somebody. You don't have to tell me. Tell, tell a family member. Tell a spouse. Tell somebody that, yeah, something spoke to me and, and I believe. Tell somebody about it. Because this is not something you want to keep silent. This is not the end of a journey. This is just the beginning of your journey. This is just a starting point for you. This is not the end. So as we sing this closing song, remind yourself, I do believe. I believe. As we sing this song that we've been singing a lot throughout this series, uh, it's, a, it's an old hymn that, I, that we love. Um, take this time to sing to the God who is the resurrection and the life. The God that died for you and the God that proved he loved you are coming back to life. Let's sing. Let's stand and sing together.